Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Today, we are going to be discussing on the sovereignty of God. Let me say this before we get started, that I really do believe that this doctrine on the sovereignty of God that is being taught today has to be one of the worst doctrines that I believe the church has ever picked up. I really do believe that. As I have studied, I have come to realize that this doctrine has led many Christians to be passive, to be lazy, and to actually be frustrated at God. Uh, This word sovereign that is being taught today has made uh, many people, including me, to look at God sideways because uh, what is being taught today is that God controls everything that happens in our lives, whether it's good, bad, ugly. God is in control of it. He's control of every single obstacle, every single thing that comes in our lives. And for us to really believe that, it has led many people to not see the manifestations of God's promises that's in his word to come in their lives, to flow through their lives. It has led many people who have prophecies that has been spoken over them to not flow, to not be, to not manifest in their lives, simply because of the fact that we believe God is in control. And since God is in control of everything and everything is up to God, then that means that all I have to do is just sit and wait on God, not realizing that God is not going to be doing anything because he has already done everything for us. And so I'm really going to be... um, in depth with this. I'm really going to be talking about this and hammering this because, I mean, I used to believe this. I used to believe this doctrine that God was in control of everything and everything that happened in my life was because of God. And it has led me to be lazy um, and frustrated. I mean, very frustrated at God because it felt like God was picking on me. God was judging me. God wouldn't just, you know, you know, get off my back because just everything was happening. But at the same time, he's in control. So he must have a reason behind this. And I'm telling you, that is the lie that many Christians are believing. And if you believe that, you are totally off. And it's going to lead you to be a passive Christian. It's going to lead you to be a lazy Christian. It's going to lead you to not see the manifestation of God's promises and the prophecies and all these things that has been spoken over your life. It is going to lead you to be, it's going to lead you to not see it because of your view on God being sovereign. So uh, I'm actually going to do a two-part episode on this because there's so much I want to share with you and I don't um, have the time to do it in one episode. So in the next episode, I'm going to um, discuss this even more. So let's get started. First of all, what does that word sovereign actually mean? When we hear that word sovereign, what does that really mean? If you look up that word sovereign in the Webster's Dictionary, it is defined as someone that exercises supreme authority. Someone that exercises some supreme authority, someone that is independent, someone that is powerful, someone that reigns and rules. Now, that word sovereign is not actually used in the KJV Bible, but it is, but it is actually used in the um, NIV Bible. But if you look up that word Lord in the Hebrew, it is basically defining what I just said. 
um, one that exercises supreme authority. That's what Lord means, ruler, um, to reign. And that's what God is. He's sovereign. You know, just like this country um, here in the United States, and I understand I have other countries that are listening, shout out to y'all. But um, in the United States, this country makes their decisions on their own. Uh, so if somebody in the office wanted to make a decision for this country, they don't have to go to China and ask China for their permission for this decision to come to pass. They don't need to go to Russia and ask, okay, uh, what do y'all think about this decision? Do y'all think we should do this decision? They don't have to go to Germany and ask for their permission. No, whatever this country decides to do, it's going to make it without any help, without any person to stop them, simply because this country is independent. It is sovereign. And that is exactly what God is. God is sovereign. God rules. God reigns. There is no one that that is beside him. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5, he says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. So when God looks on his left, when God looks on his right, he's going to see nobody. He's going to see nobody there because he is God all by himself. Now, if God is God all by himself, that means he makes all the decisions by himself. He doesn't need a board. He doesn't need a treasure. He doesn't need a, a committee. He is God that makes all the decisions by himself because he knows what's best. He knows who's best and he knows when's best. So that is what it means when we say that God is sovereign, that God is supreme ruler he is ruler. He is independent. He doesn't need nobody. However, even though all of that is true, the truth of the matter is God has limited himself. God is limited. God has limited himself. Okay. God has limited his sovereignty and his power. How has he done that, you might ask? Well, let me give you an example. In Psalms chapter 138, verse 2, here comes David speaking. He says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Catch this. For thou has magnified thy word above all thy name. Notice what it said. For thou, which is God, has magnified thy word above all thy name. God has limited himself to his word. In other words, whatever God has said in his word, he cannot supersede it. He cannot go past it. He cannot go beyond it. Whatever his word says, he cannot go past it because his word is the final authority. God has put his word as the final authority. So what does that mean? Whatever God says about his children, it is true. So if God says you are healed, if God says you are prosperous, if God says you are more than a conqueror, if God says you are forgiven, God says you are loved, if God says you have joy, peace, if God says that you have love and a sound mind, if God says all of these things, and if you are not receiving them, and all these things are not coming to the manifestation in your life, it's not because God hasn't done anything. It's because we haven't received what God has already done. 
It's because we haven't not really understood that God is not working anymore, that God is done working because he has done all the work. Ephesians chapter um, one, verse three, lets us know that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. It didn't say that he's going to. He didn't say that he still is. He said he has. It is already done. Everything that we need from God is already done. And whatever God's word says, he cannot lie. I believe that's in Titus and Hebrews and Numbers that talks about how God can't lie. It is impossible for God to lie. So whatever God's word says, he, he has to do it. He has to follow through simply because he has limited himself to his word. And because God has limited himself to his word, we can trust and know that whatever God's word says and whatever his promises says, whatever his word says concerning us, we can believe it and see the manifestation of it. Man, this is powerful. This is what people don't really think about because people just think that God can do everything and God can do anything, but that's not true. God cannot do everything. Not that he can't do it, it's just he chose not to do it. He has chosen to limit himself to his word. Man, that is powerful. Not only that, he has shared his sovereignty, his power with us. Notice, remember that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. And after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. When God created the earth, now notice the Bible says in Psalm 24, 1, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That is true. But when God created the earth and when God created humanity, he gave the authority to rule the earth to humanity. That's what it means when you read in Psalm 115, verse 16, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of man. And when you read that and you read Psalm 24, verse one, it sounds like, you know, they're contradicting themselves, but no, that's not contradicting themselves at all. It actually shows you what God has done. See, imagine me being a, an owner of an apartment complex, okay? And I have you be the manager of that apartment complex. Now, the apartment belongs to me. I own the apartment complex, but I have given you the authority to manage my apartment complex. In other words, whatever you decide to do, however you decide to do um, things in the apartment complex with finances, with um, um, budgeting, when it comes to people, staff, whatever it is, I have given you the authority to do so, which means that I cannot come to your office and say, well, listen, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this to my apartment complex. No, because I've given you that authority to make the decision. And it's the same thing with God. God owns the earth. He owns it. The earth is his. It belongs to him. But he has shared and given us the authority to, to rule the earth. And because of that, it has led, unfortunately, bad things to happen. 
it has led bad things to happen because if you remember Genesis chapter three, we made the decision to eat the fruit. Now, this is a question that most people have asked me um, in college. You know, I went to a Christian college and, you know, there are a lot of questions that people ask me or ask professors that I would like to answer, but I, and I just didn't know the answer at that time. But one of the questions that people would ask me is, well, you know, if God knew, you know, because God is omniscient, you know, so if God knew that Adam and Eve were going to eat the fruit, why did God create them to begin with? Couldn't God stop Adam and Eve from eating the fruit? And at that time, I couldn't answer that question. But now, since I've gotten this, this revelation of the truth, I've came to the realization that God couldn't stop them from eating the fruit because whatever decision they made, God has given them the authority to do it. God has given us free will. And for God to come in the garden while Eve and the servant was talking, for God to intervene and say, hey, servant, you better stay off of Eve. For God to do that, that will violate his word because he has given man dominion. He has given them authority. He's given them a choice. And for God to do that, he would be he would be going past his word and he would be lying. And the Bible says in Hebrews that it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. So unfortunately, God had to watch Eve and Adam eat the fruit. Not because he wanted to, but because he has already given them that authority for them to make that decision. And because of that, evil has came. Evil have came simply because of that one decision. Everything that we are experiencing in the earth right now, COVID and um, sickness and poverty and human trafficking, all these things is the result of what happened in the garden all of that. And this is something I also want to bring up. This is something I really want to clarify because we believe that evil things come from God, that when bad things happen, when bad things happen in my life, when bad things happen in the church, when bad things happen to nations, it is because of God. God is trying to get our attention. God is upset and God is wanting to get our attention through bad things. And I'm letting you know that is not true. That is false. Now, somebody might be asking and say, well, Tyler, in the Old Testament, God killed people. God sent plagues. God sent sickness, diseases to people um, in the Old Testament. So, Tyler, how can you say that God doesn't bring bad people? I mean, that God doesn't bring bad things to people and to nations. If you have those type of questions going on in your head right now, I encourage you to listen to my recent episode on the gospel. I believe that will help you um, understand why God did those things in the Old Testament. Bad things do not come from God. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Good things always come from God. Every good thing that happens in your life, that happens in my life, it comes from God. God is not the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33, but the God of peace. Because of what Jesus has done. Now, yes, in the Old Testament, 
God has sent diseases, God has sent plagues to people because of the law. Because Jesus has not came yet, God had to deal with people through the consequences of their actions. But because of what Jesus did, now he is no longer angry at humanity, that he is no longer planning to destroy us, destroy this nation, destroy people because of their sin. He is no longer going to do that. And I know that's a bold statement because I know many people have been taught today that God is just hanging this country by a thread, that if we don't repent, God's going to burn this country. God's going to burn your church if you don't get it right. I'm letting you know that's not true because God's anger with humanity is at peace. He's no longer angry at us. Even when we do wrong, he is not waiting to get us. Now, does that give us the right to continue to sin? Absolutely not. Because when we continue to sin, we allow the enemy to come in our lives and destroy us. Again, that's a whole nother teaching. But good things always come from God. I want to share with you three reasons why bad things happen to you, to me, to our nation, to the church, to the whole world at large. I want to explain to you three reasons and three possibilities why um, bad things are happening right now. So whatever you're facing right now, I want you to um, listen to this because uh, this is very powerful and I believe it's really going to help you. And um, I believe by the end of this, you will discern which reason it is. But one of the reasons why bad things happen, why bad things come is because of Satan himself. Okay. That should be the number one reason why bad things happen, because Satan himself, John chapter 10, verse 10, says that the thief comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. That is what the enemy wants to do to God's people. If you belong to God, if you are a child of God, and if you are a blood-washed believer, the enemy is after you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Satan is coming about as a warring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is coming to get you. If you are a child of God, he is going to do anything and everything to destroy you. That is his plan for each and every one of us to destroy us, to make us walk away from God, to make us renounce our faith. That is what he wants to do to God's people. So we must understand that Satan is the author of confusion. He is the author of lies. The, the Bible says he's the father of lies. He is the one that deceives God's people. You know, he brings confusion in marriages. He brings confusion in our homes and in our families and in finances, our jobs. He, he, he sends his demons he sends his demons to come and destroy God's people. He comes and fills people's minds with deception. That's what he came to do. The Bible says to kill, steal, and to destroy. But then notice Jesus uh, ends that and says, but I come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Now, comparing what Jesus said that Satan came to do and what he came to do, which one would you say came to do bad, <laughs> to bring evil upon our lives? 
It is certainly not Jesus because he has came to give us life, not only give us life, but give it to us to the fullest. And so Satan is always finding a way to destroy God's people. But I want to also say that we have power over the enemy. We have authority over the enemy. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says that Jesus has given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. God has given us power over the enemy. Actually, in my next episode, I will um, dig deeper into that because I really want you to understand that we don't have to accept the things that Satan brings our way. It's not like we have to keep taking the hits and keep taking the licks that the enemy throws at us. He's always going to try to um, bring stuff to us, but we don't have to accept it. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, if we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he will flee. He must flee when we resist him. Whatever he is trying to bring our way, we must resist him, resist the thoughts, resist whatever he's trying to bring to distract us from God. When we do that, he will flee. Again, on my next episode, I will go deeper into that because he has given us, God himself has given us authority over the enemy and over his powers. And so uh, that's something I want you to remember. But that's one of the reasons why bad things happen. It's because of Satan. He's always going to do everything um, to come and disrupt God's people. But we don't have to accept that. Um, second reason why bad things happen to us is because of the fallen world that we live in. Because of what happened in the garden, we are still experiencing the consequences of that one decision. We are still experiencing the consequences of Adam and Eve eating that fruit. Sin is still in the word today because of that one decision. And because of that, we live in a fallen world where things just happen. You know, John chapter 16, verse 33 says, in this word, you will have tribulation. Y'all, we're going to have trouble. Actually, that is what that word tribulation in that verse means. It means pressure, affliction, anguish, trouble, persecution, burden. Y'all, we're going to go through things. And it's not because um, life just hates us. It's just because that's just the fallen world that we live in. Everybody's going to have bad days. Everybody's going to be, um, ha have a day where they're frustrated. Everybody's going to have a day where it just seems like nothing has just worked out for them that day. Everybody goes through that. It's not something to, to take personal, although it is something that a lot of us and I myself sometimes take personal. But we have to remember it's nothing personal. It's just life. Life happens to all of us. Things happen. And it's just the truth. We're all going to go through things. And that's what Jesus told us. He told his disciples that before he left, he told his disciples that in this world, you will have tribulation. You will go through pressure. You will go through affliction. All these things you will experience. However, be of good cheer. Because I have overcame the world that you are living in right now. This is what Jesus is wanting us to understand, that even though we're going to go through things, even though we're going to go through trials and, and tribulations, Jesus is saying, be of good cheer, 
Why? Because he's overcame it. It reminds me of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, says that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. When we keep our mind stayed on Jesus, despite of what we are dealing with, we can still have perfect peace. We can have peace in the midst of what we are dealing with. We can still have joy. We can still have love. We can still have the joy of the Lord, because as Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And so we can be confident in knowing that God is the one that holds us up when we trust and know that he will bring us out. It gives us a confidence to know that his word is sure. That Psalms 37, 25 says that I will never see the righteous forsaken, know his seed begging bread. Y'all, problems will come, period. Life happens to all of us, but we don't have to allow life to overwhelm us. As a matter of fact, and this is something I'm going to talk also in my next episode, that we don't have to allow the problems to stay there. You know, problems can come, but we have the authority to command the problem to leave. We have the authority to command sickness to go, to command disease to go. We have the authority to command our situations, our finances to come to the right place. Y'all, we have authority. This is what I'm going to be talking about in my next episode, because I really want you to understand that God, not only has God shared his uh, power with us, but his authority as well. I really want to make that known. So my next episode, stay tuned because there's so much I want to share with you that is really going to, uh, I believe, impact many people. But we have to speak to our mountain. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, when we speak to our mountain, command it to go. The Bible says, if we believe, we shall have whatsoever we say. So problems come, but they don't have to stay there. We can command the problem to go. You know, that's another thing I'm going to discuss on my um, next episode on this two-part episode of the sovereignty of God. So stay tuned for that. So that's the second reason why uh, bad things happen is because of just the fallen world that we live in, because of the consequences of our mom and dad, Adam and Eve, because of what they have done. And this is the third reason, and I believe this is the um, one that many people will not like, but it is true. It is probably hard to swallow, but it is true. Third reason why things happen in our life is because of our own decisions. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, Moses is talking to the children of Israel, and of course, this is his last time speaking to them before he is going to meet up with um, God in the mountain and transition. And Moses is talking to the children of Israel, and he says that I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Now, let's break this down. Moses has given the children of Israel two choices. He said, I have given you a choice to choose between life and death. So if you choose life, you're going to choose blessing. If you choose death, you're going to choose cursing. He said, I have given you that option. He never told them, choose life 
choose death or else. But he told them, I have given you the option to choose between life and death. But he says, I want you to choose life so that you and your seed may live. But he never made anybody choose. He gave them the choice to choose whatever they desire. And this is what I want to say, because many of us are reaping the consequences of our decisions. The Bible says that God hates divorce, and he does. He still does. God hates divorce. God does not want divorce to happen at all, period. But divorce happens because of people's decisions. Simple as that. It's not that God, oh, 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 God just, you know, I, I was in 10 years in marriage and God just wanted me now to just, you know, leave that, that, that spouse. No, it's because we chose the one that God did not want us to marry. You know, or maybe this person was the person to marry, but because of our bad decisions while we was marrying that spouse, maybe we haven't done our part, maybe we made adultery. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why, but either way, it's because of our decision. And so now we have to come to the fact that maybe I'm struggling with what I'm struggling right now because of my decision. If you take time and be honest and look back over your life and look back over the things you have done, over the things that you have said, over the things that you have been warned about and you have still done, you have to admit that many things that I am experiencing right now is not because of Satan. <laughs> and I know we've been taught that everything is Satan. You know, you know, the devil is a liar. And yes, he is a liar but not in this situation. you know. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that many things in that happens in our life is because of our decision. If we are upset at ourselves and we are mad because we weigh 450 pounds, but in your cabinets, you got Debbie cakes and zebra cakes. Come on. You have Cheetos and Fritos and Doritos, and you got chili cheese and mayonnaise and fried chicken and all that stuff in your cabinets, in your fridge. Well, then there's a reason why you're 450. There's a reason why you have cavities if you haven't taken care of your teeth. There's a reason why you, you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why things happen because simply because of our decisions. You know, this reminds me of, of an experience I had last summer. Back then I had a 02 Ford Taurus. It was a red Ford Taurus. It was a pretty good car. Uh, lasted me about four, four years. Um, so it was a pretty decent car. But I remember um, over the summer, I needed to get my oil changed. I needed to get it done. But I kept pushing it to the side because I was like, you know, I, I, I believe I'll be good. I'll be good um, until the next week or the, the beginning of next month. So I was just, you know, just pushing it off, even though I needed an oil change. I passed the miles. I passed, you know, and yet my car was warning me to get an oil change. But yeah, I was passing. I was just letting it slide because I was just like, I, I will get to it. You know, one night I went to Chicago. And then after I was um, in Chicago, I went from Chicago back to Ohio. And while I was, you know, I was driving from Chicago, I had to go through Indiana to Ohio. And while I was going past Indiana, 
This was about, and see, I was driving overnight too. And so it was about six in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. And while I was driving, my car started to like shake. I mean, the whole car started to shake. And so I was like, oh my goodness. So I had to park my car to the side of the road so I can see what's going on. And then my, and then immediately when I parked my car on the side of the road, um, my car just stopped working and stopped driving. And so I, um, you know, make a long story short, I had to get AAA. They came. I was on the side of the road for about an hour. I went to Indiana to a car shop there and um, wanted them to fix it. And, you know, as the mechanic or the person came to me um, to tell me, you know, what was going on, I expected them to tell me, you know, we get your car in no time. It takes a few hours. I was okay with that. But he asked me, he said, when was the last time you changed your oil? Immediately when he said that, I said, oh, I already know. <laughs> I already know. I already know what you're about to say. And so my car was terminated. I had to give up my car because there was no point. It was just not working anymore because there was no oil. I mean, no oil in that car. And for me to drive from Ohio to Chicago and from Chicago back to Ohio in one night, I mean, that's pretty dangerous. Without getting your oil changed, that's pretty dangerous. And so I just knew at that moment that I couldn't blame nobody. I couldn't say this was the devil. The devil did this. The devil, you know, he tried to block my blessing. No, I had to admit the fact that I didn't do what I needed to do. <laughs> so I went about two months, two months, two and a half months without a car. So in my apartment, I had to ask my, my mom, my brothers, people to pick me up to go to the store. And I was just not feeling that. I got tired after the first week. Um, but it was a very good lesson for me to learn from. And now I take my car very seriously. That if I know that I passed my miles uh, for me to get an oil change, I'm going to go to the shop and get my oil change. Because those type of experiences make you learn, you know. But I say that I use that I use that example to make it very clear that there are things that we deal with that is because of us. It's not because of Satan, not because of what it's be, simply because of our decisions. But we don't always have to go through those bad things that we go through. We have the decisions to do what's right, you know, but it's up to us. Now, these are things that I really want you to get, that these um, three things are the reasons and possibilities why bad things are happening in your life. It's because of Satan, this fallen word, or because of our own decisions. What, However, whatever situation we find ourselves in, we can trust and know that God can bring us out because God can and so this is, like I said, this is just the first part of the sovereignty of God. There's so much more I want to share with you on my next episode, but this is just really just a beginning of just showing you what really is, does it mean to hear that God is sovereign? And I really hope that you have, um, have um, taken heed to what this word sovereign really means. And so 
So stay tuned as I continue discussing on the sovereignty of God on my next episode. I hope that this episode has blessed you and I hope that you are blessed by it. Hope that you took things from it as we will continue to go deeper on the next episode. But until then, this is yours truly, Tyler Freeman signing off. God bless.